On today's show, can you grow without embracing hustle culture? That's just part of what we talk about with return guest Travis Boyko. A few months ago, Travis was trying to decide if he could actually quit his job and take his business full-time, and now he's back, freelancing full-time and hitting us up with some of his biggest learnings from going full-time, plus questions he's run into since. It's a fun episode today, and it's all here on Freelance to Founder. Here we go. I'm Preston. And I'm Clay. And this is Freelance to Founder. Clay and I have both been there, barely making ends meet as a freelancer, knowing there has to be more. But since then, we've each built multiple six or seven figure businesses. And now it's your turn. On this show, we're changing the lives of everyday freelancers just like you. Discovering this podcast a few months ago really like changed the trajectory of my journey. I'm not sure I would even be thinking about pushing this forward as much as I am if it weren't for YouTube. This has been really helpful and I, I think a good mindset shift for me. Really, really valuable stuff. I've made a ton of notes and I plan to put this stuff into action immediately. Discovering that I'm a founder instead of freelancer has been amazing for me. If you're ready to push past hourly rates and build a business that sets you free, then you've got to join us. You can call in yourself by visiting freelance2founder.com. We can't wait to chat with you. We'll be back with today's caller after this. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co and joining me on the air as always is my good friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey Clay. What's going on? What's going on is we are catching up today with Travis Boyko who is also on the air with us. Hey Travis. Hey guys. And what's cool about Travis is uh, you were on the show, we were just talking before we hit record, uh, maybe six or eight months ago 
And unfortunately, Clay, because of crazy weather, wasn't able to join us on the show. So I'm kind of introducing the two of you today. But we're going to catch up with you, Travis, and learn how your business is going since we last talked, what you've learned, um, maybe answer a few more questions you might have, and, and just kind of kind of catch up for a minute. So welcome. We're excited to have you. Thanks, guys. Excited to be here. Well, let's let's start off. Let's remind the listeners a little bit about your business, uh, if we could, Travis. Tell them what you're working on, and um, maybe maybe paint a picture like if they, you know, what they might recognize you from talking about six or eight months ago. And I really should know that number more solidly, but I don't. Uh, and and then uh, and then you know what you're kind of working on now. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, hey, everybody, my name is Travis. Um, I'm a graphic designer and writer. I'm based out of Ottawa in Canada. So I basically help companies, teams, and people stand out in the digital age through a variety of visual and uh, communicative mediums. Um, the The last episode that I was on, I think it was, we were, we were kind of discussing, like, how it was possible to make things work. Uh, at the time, I was working full-time at, at a company and was doing some freelance stuff on the side. It was really taking up a lot of my time on the um, in the free time that I did have. And I was just chatting with you just to figure out, hey, like when would be the right time to, to really do it? What what were some of those markers that, that might help me uh, determine, hey, now just, just go and do it? Mm. Um, so yeah, that's what we were chatting about. Wait, so you're full-time now? Yeah, full time now. So I, nice. uh, I I quit Congrats. my job and I started things fully in uh, June of this year. Congratulations! Oh, man, I love it. That's a huge deal. Thanks, guys. Yes, it's been fantastic. Yeah, if you want to listen to Travis's original episode, I found it here in the archives. It aired on February 9th of 2023. It's October right now of the same year as we talk, and uh, the episode is called "Can You Make This Work." And uh, so, yeah, tra- you know, Travis was, as he said, he had this side hustle going. He had a full-time job that you actually, I mean, you enjoyed it, Travis, if I remember right. Um, but the question is just like, should I ever should I ever really consider quitting my job, taking the business full-time? Um, what do I need to know before I do that? What kind of safety net might I need? Those kind of questions. And so it's really cool to hear that you were able to make that leap. I'd love to hear how you, how you got to that point. Like, how did you decide, you know what, I am going to take the leap. I am going to take this full-time. What was the catalyst for that? Yeah, honestly, it's such a good question. And I I totally agree. Like, when we were chatting, I was in my role, and I was not hating it by any means. It was, it was a lot of fun. The the people that I was working with, my team was amazing. Um, The content that I was working on was fantastic. But at the same time, I was doing my own business on the side, I'd basically been doing it for um, four years at the time, just kind of carving out some time whenever I can. And the, the big catalyst for me was just like, I think just listening to, to you guys, listening to other entrepreneurs kind of do their own thing and start their own businesses, I just kind of reached a point where I was like, I either take the opportunity and, and see if this works out, or I don't, and be kind of like plagued with the idea of the, the what if, <laughs> if it never yeah. happened, I never took the 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 effort to, to really commit myself to it. Um, I also just reached a point where I was taking on a lot more work um, and I, I physically couldn't do it with, with my full-time job. So I, I reached a point where it was like, well, if I open up some more time by, by leaving my job, it would give me the, the flexibility and the opportunity to, to really um, work with the clients that I do have, take more projects with them, find new projects and new clients. So it just, yeah, just really opening myself up to more, to more opportunity. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? 
getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, I, I heard a long time ago, and I, I can't remember where I heard this, that I guess it's statistically shown that you tend to regret more things that you didn't do than things that you did, right? And for me, that was always like when I was, because I was in your same shoes, I did the side hustle for eight years or something. And, and then I, um, the whole time I was like, man, should I take this full time? Should I try it? Should I do it? The whole time I'm thinking like, all, all the reg- I would have regrets if I didn't do it more than if I tried it and failed, right? And so, I guess, what advice, Travis, would you have for people who are maybe, maybe a year behind you in progress or whatever? And and I say progress. This is only if you actually want to take your business full time. You don't necessarily have to. Of course, that's kind of the premise of the show. But, but like, let's say there's someone in your shoes. They're they got a side hustle they're really enjoying, but they've got a job they maybe enjoy. They're not going to get fired maybe from their job or or whatever. And so they have to actually make this decision and say you know, when should I take my business full time? If ever, you know, what advice, what what, what would you say to them? Yeah, it, it's a great question. And I think even if I was just speaking to like my, my previous self, I think it's just have the confidence and, and really try and get out of your comfort zone. Um, it, if you are able to do it, I know it's, it might be difficult for some, some folks are in different financial positions, they have different um, family lives and things like yeah. that. I was in a position where I had a, a nice backing. I don't have any like kids that I need to support and things like that. So it was a little bit easier of a decision. But for me, a huge thing 
that was keeping me from doing it, it was um, a lot of imposter syndrome, um, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. matter of, oh, should I, could I do this if I if I really push myself to it? If I if I leave my job, will people think that I'm like a fraud or they think I won't be good enough? And that's so not true. And that's exactly the opposite of what turned out. Um, I think if anything, the problems that I thought would arise did not, and some other unforeseen problems arose that I would not have thought of. So I think my, my main advice is just, if you have the passion and drive to do it, and you're really, um, really looking to, to try something new, 100%, like you said, Preston, like, I think um, I, I, I would regret not doing it. You know, yeah. what's so funny is I always tell people that worrying works. Because like ninety five percent of the things that you worry about never happen. <laughs> it totally so, works. <laughs> so if you don't want it to happen, go worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I, Clay, do you have any? Well, I want to come back to Travis in just a minute. You can be thinking, like you said, there were some problems that came up that you weren't expecting. So I'd like to get back into that in just a minute. But Clay, is there anything you'd add for someone who's in Travis's position a year ago, going like, I just you know, should I do, should I try this? Should I take the leap? Um, when's the right time to do that? What advice do you have for them? Mm, you know, this is, this really, I mean, it's really depends on like, this is the most annoying answer. It depends. Um, <laughs> yeah. but really every, every person's situation is different. You know, it's, there's financials, there's, there's family, there's, you know, who, who, if like your spouse, who you're married to, what do they think? Um, uh, it's, it's uh i mean there's so many different things my i i would say that it all comes down to what does your gut tell you like that's what usually does it for me is as long as you um as long as you can you can comfortably sit, like feel confident in saying that you if you went and made the full leap full time that you can pay your bills, right? Mm-hmm. And you would be okay. Um, go with your gut because, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. It's, I, this is, this is a tough question for me to answer because, and same thing with you, you Preston, cause I, I was fired from my job. I had yep. no choice. Yep. Yep. So I've never been in that situation where I had the actual choice of should I quit or should I not? Um, because quite honestly, I don't know if I ever, if I would have quit just thinking back on my personal situation because I was was comfortable. Yeah. Cammy and I have talked about this where my wife and where I'm not sure we would have. Yeah. I thought thought about it almost every day because I was mm -hmm. doing it on the side. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it takes a lot of courage to do what you've done, Travis. It does. Yeah. Which is to just say, I'm going for it, you know? It's a uh, it's a bit bit nerve wracking, but uh, <laughs> definitely appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Something though I remember is like whether whether you're forced into it or whether you make that decision, I feel like the adrenaline adrenaline kicks in so much that that actually helps you. Like some days I wish I had a little more adrenaline in my business, <laughs> in my in the way I work in my business. I'm pretty like comfortable right now, <laughs> you know, and things are going smoothly and and like yeah we try new things and we build new revenue streams, but. I'm not nearly as hungry as I was when I first started full time because I was like, I have mm-hmm. something to prove. Like I'm six years in, six and a half years in now, and it's like, yeah, I'm good. I don't have to prove anything to anyone now. I'm in business. I've stayed in business. I will stay in business. Um, 
but but there's like that and it's and it's kind of fun mm-hmm. right it's, it's kind of uh, a thrill a little bit um, that is a fun stage that is a fun yeah. stage also the most nerve-wracking i was gonna say maybe it's more fun in hindsight right it's like it's like one of those things you look back on later fondly but in the moment you're like man i'd really like to get some sleep and and not worry about where my next meal's coming from or whatever but yeah i mean for me it it, it was definitely nerve-wracking and, and i think uh right when you kind of decide to make that decision it is really fight or flight coming mm-hmm. from like a corporate environment where you have your kind of set hours you have your salary you have your your days that look similar in in certain ways and they're structured in certain ways where i i quit my job came back to to start my own thing and the world was like entirely open my schedule was entirely open <laughs> yeah. it's entirely up to me to to start moving it hits you pretty quick but I, I think for me at least the, the the excitement and the opportunity that that could be had there I think kind of um, overcame that a little bit it made it a yeah. little bit easier and it wasn't as terrifying yeah I agree and I, I, I like I was way more excited to get up for work during that period than I think I ever have been in my life including now even though I love what I do um, you know and I love getting up and working on my own business but there's just something about that maybe one year period when it's just like all or nothing, right? This is the moment I'm either going to make it or I'm going to fall on my face and, uh, and you kick it into the next gear and you, and you either make it happen or you don't. And I think, and maybe, maybe this is sort of survivor's bias a little bit. Right. But, but I feel like most people make it work. If you take, if you, if you, like you said, Clay, trust your gut enough and you've crunched the numbers enough and it makes logical and gut sense, like, you take the leap and most people it, it mm-hmm. works out. Yeah, I think um you know, I wish I wish somebody had told me like uh, cuz us as human beings what we do, the way we're motivated just in general is that I think the the majority of us are motivated to avoid a negative situation versus motivated by pursuing a positive situation like a reward yeah. right yep yep um so i think that's why like both you and i were both motivated because like i don't know like i don't know about you but my back was up against the wall yeah <laughs> and so yep. i was i was trying to avoid an even worse situation um and again i didn't know where my next meal was coming from and so that that's kind of actually the mentality for those of you i think who are looking to make that voluntary choice of leaving a full-time gig and going freelancer, I think, and this is super tough to do, but I think working on that mind frame of that, like everybody thinks of, oh yeah, like what if I had like a seven figure agency? What would that do? Like, yes, that's motivating. But I think simultaneously, I think we need to think about a negative situation we're trying to avoid. And mm. so even to this day, like right now, like uh, nowadays, one thing that I try to put in my head is, uh, so my, my daughter's name is Georgia. I always think, what if somebody had kidnapped Georgia and said, you have to go make 10 sales this month. Otherwise you will not get her back. Right? Yeah. You'd and have no so problem. I would have no problem going to find 10 sales and I'll figure it out with yep. zero judgment from, from whoever. Right. I like I, the judgment 
and my mind goes out the door. Like, who, what will people think? You know, because yep. that, that's yep. a that's a real valid thing. It's like people are afraid to make sales and do sales calls and DMs or whatever because they're they're afraid of what people would think or like fear of rejection. But I'm like, but if if your family members kidnap and that was the only way you can get that person back, like I'm guarantee you, you're not going to really care about judgment. So it's way more motivating in my opinion. I think, I think it's like a 70, 30, 70 to avoid 30 to pursue something positive. Hmm. Yeah. Really interesting to think about it that way and let that fear motivate you. Right. Yep. Um, so Travis, I want to hear, from you, you said earlier in the show, there were some things that as you made the switch, you you thought were going to happen that didn't ever happen and some things that you never, never even thought about that did happen. What are maybe some of the unforeseen, if someone's listening, they're going, yeah, I'd love to do what Travis did, but I, but I really just don't know what to expect. What are some things that you didn't expect that did happen? Yeah, definitely. And I think for, for me and back to what we were just talking about, about being a motivator. Like I think for me, like money is, is a big motivator and yeah. being able to have that, um, that regular paycheck, the regular income. And that, that was one of the things that was really holding me back against doing this. And when I, when I jumped into things, I very quickly realized like, Oh, if you put your time and effort into it, it th- there will be an ability to, mm-hmm. to gain that. So it's not as much of a, of a stress. Um, the things that I didn't, expect honestly and it, it might be really really boring but i think just because of the nature of my business like i i'm a designer and i'm a writer i i don't really have much overhead i do everything completely digitally all remote um nothing that i really really have to be too concerned about no like storefronts or anything like that the things that i didn't expect were just the administrative work um a lot of mm. like the the financial aspect making sure everything's in order i'm keeping track of everything um making sure that i'm paying attention to um, the hours that I'm working and, and and following up with clients more rigorously and things like that. All the all the stuff in the back end that I wouldn't have traditionally done, um, especially as a full time person, because it's just part of the job. You're just doing it as as part of the the nature of your work. Um, those things I didn't really expect, and especially before when I was freelancing on the side, there were more like smaller projects. So someone would come to me for a couple graphics or a couple things here and there where I wouldn't really have to put much um, client interfacing in where I now, if I'm looking to do bigger projects, I'm looking to get more work, looking to meet new clients, looking to do all that. That was the more unexpected thing. I, it, it seems obvious, but I think the amount of work that it takes and the time that it takes was just, um, it, I just didn't expect it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, you know, people who have listened to the show a lot are maybe going to be bugged that I keep bringing this up. But there's this book, The E Myth Revisited. If you haven't read it, you have to read it. And it talks about service providers or, or or craftsmen or makers. I don't remember what he calls them. It's been a few years since I've read it. But basically, people who are talented at something like what you're tra- talented at, Travis, which is like graphic design, writing, creative work, right? I remember he gives the example of a baker, for example, and he and he's he's like the best baker. He works at a bakery. And so he's like, I'm going to start a bakery and cause everyone's telling me how delicious my, you know, my baked goods are or whatever. And he starts a bakery and all of a sudden he's not a baker, he's a business owner. And now he has to manage finances and he has to manage customers and he has to pay rent and he has like all these administrative tasks. And he's like, I have no time to bake, uh, because now I have to run a business. And I think that's what a lot of us don't see, which is like, particularly if you're working in-house in the thing that you want to go into business as graphic design or whatever it might be, 
you you don't see all the stuff that people in the business are doing that you're not doing while while you're doing graphic design someone else in the building is doing the accounting and someone else in the building is doing the HR work and someone else in the building is doing the marketing and like there's all this stuff that someone else is doing that once you go on your own it's on you you've got to do it or or a business can't function without some of those basic needs being met yeah, absolutely. And and that's I I remember our previous conversation. That was one of the things that I mentioned and that was a huge reason why I was kind of humming and hawing about about making a decision was like I I'm not an accountant. I I have very little knowledge of how money works in the in the business sense. Like yeah. I I understand how to get clients and I understand how to charge for like billable hours and things like that but beyond that like taxes are terrifying making sure all your your filing is done in a a certain way making sure you have all your seats putting it all in order tracking everything you do like that for me was a huge sense of anxiety yeah Um, but i mean in in a certain sense and maybe better for folks listening to it's you kind of figure it out as you go uh, along yeah. the way. Um, yep. I, I think I had a tendency to look at the whole picture as like, I have to figure out all my taxes. I have to figure out all the administrative stuff. The minute I basically start my business where it's a pretty iterative process and you, you learn as you go. So maybe just not looking at it as this big, like insurmountable yeah. wall. You know, what's mm. good. You know, what's good about the beginning is that you learn how to do kind of everything so that you understand everything. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to do everything forever. It's like you have probably done enough accounting and financial stuff where you're just like, okay, I understand this. Now let me just go hire a CPA or an accountant <laughs> yeah. to just yeah. do this going forward. Because I think it's good to like understand it, but like you just don't need to do it, right? Yeah. At least to have a basic understanding of how each piece of your business works. Yeah. Right. And, and until you have hundreds of employees, like I feel like at least you should have, you should have a pretty good grasp on, on what each of your, like if, if I, for some reason had, had all of my teammates leave the company today, it would be awful. And I would suddenly not have any time besides work time because I would just have to do everything they're doing. But I think I could do most of what they've done. Right. And that's not to say they haven't contributed uniquely to the team and to the processes, um, because they obviously bring their own skills and talents to the process. But like the basics of what has to get done for our company to keep running and making money, I understand. Right. And so uh, I think I think that is important when your business is a certain size that you understand how those things work. And then you're right. I, I mean, I went through a few iterations of how I handled my bookkeeping and my taxes until I finally hired this company called Collective, which I can link to. Um, and now they just handle it all for me. But I went through like spreadsheets and then I did like a like a QuickBooks thing and then I did a service called Bench and like I just tried all these different things. And, and you're right, Travis, you're not gonna get it right out the gate. Things are gonna change. And that's, in my mind, that's kind of the fun of business is like, okay, here's what we've been doing and uh, I'd like to try this different thing uh, and see if it's more successful and if it grows my company and frees up my time and helps me grow the business. I just think that's all really exciting. That's kind of the fun of it as opposed to like a dead-end desk job where it's like, well, nothing ever changes here. You know? Yeah, I, I definitely agree and that's I think that's one of the things that's been super rewarding about the actual like business ownership aspect of this whole thing is the fact that you have that kind of complete control which is just not available in in other settings um 
it, it like with with all these tools and accounting softwares and all these things that are available online now it can be overwhelming but there is like some sort of freedom in it where you can see that you can be flexible you can test the things that work for you they might not work for other people um they might be platforms or things that some people argue against but if it works for you and you like how it functions and it, it makes mm-hmm. your processes more streamlined then hey that's fantastic and at least you have the choice to do that yeah yeah that's true that's what i, I think that's what i love the most is like you don't have to go ask anyone if you can change it you don't have to like have a recommendation for something awesome only to have it fall on deaf ears or or red tape or whatever like it yeah you have the flexibility to control your own processes and your own um path in your business i want to talk travis i know you said you had a couple questions now you've been in business for yourself full-time for a little bit here now uh what what questions have arisen that you think you know we're maybe a couple years ahead of you a few years ahead of you in this process of being self-employed what uh what questions could we try to answer for you today before we wrap up this call yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I have like two two large questions. Um, I know you, you guys talk about scaling quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we have time, maybe we can talk about that after. But one of the things I did want to ask about is um, kind of like, I, I guess the opposite of, of burnout. Um, so like, I've always been kind of like vehemently against this whole like, hustle culture like rise and grind <laughs> yeah. and like working every single waking hour <laughs> like if that's your thing like you do you whatever whatever works for you but i've personally i felt the impact of being burnt out and being overworked and i can know and i know that it can be just as bad as like not doing anything um but now that i've like started my business i have regular work and clients coming in and i've finally gotten over the initial like terror and the leap of faith of actually doing it how do you how do you get past uh, an aspect of like comfortability and com- ensuring that you're continuing to push forward without mm. kind of reaching that state of exhaustion yeah, this is this is such a good question. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to hear, hear what you say, Clay. But like, I, I that pendulum has swung back and forth so many times for me. Um, but my motivation has never been like to grow up a, a millions and millions of dollars worth of revenue. I, I just I wanted the lifestyle that comes with being self employed. I love money. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I that that sort of. And I admire and respect him, but that sort of Gary V hustle at all costs culture, that's tough for me. Uh, I, I don't resonate with that. And so, yeah, I, I fall on this too sometimes where it's like, oh, I, you know, revenue was down this month and I didn't even notice because I was off, you know, hanging out with my family or whatever. And for me, it's just, it's about identifying like what's most important and then also giving giving importance or or weight to the things that that deserve it. So obviously revenue in my company really matters, but does it matter? Does an extra thousand dollars this month matter that much? Well, at this stage of my business, maybe not, right? It, it wouldn't make, it wouldn't make or break my business. Whereas in the first few months it may have, right? And so for me, it's about sort of keeping things in perspective. Like, is it worth me working an extra 10 hours this week, uh, to make an extra thousand dollars? Hmm. I don't know does if that means I have to miss a school play and a you know a church event and a service thing and a whatever a, a, a night out with my friends or my family like I don't know if that really is worth it for me so for me it's about keeping it in perspective and then and then there are some months where it's like well if I don't work really hard this month we are gonna be in trouble I'm gonna have a hard time paying my people I'm gonna have a hard time making a, a profit and so 
okay, this month I am going to buckle down and I am going to miss some things with my family or I am going to miss some things with my friends. Um, but, it, but again, it comes back to that flexibility you've talked about, Travis, which is like, sometimes I'm going to give way more time to my family or whatever else. Sometimes I'm going to give way more time to my business. And we've talked about this on the show too, Clay, which is like, there's no such thing as work-life balance when you're self-employed. It's just kind of like work and life intertwinement, right? And Integration. Like Integration, yeah, yeah, that's right. What else would you add, man? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, as someone who has been on both sides, I when I first was a freelancer, I was definitely in that hustle grind culture, and that's just because I, you know, I didn't have kids, you know, well, like I didn't have any hobbies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what else am I supposed to do? So, I just like worked my ass off, and I worked like eighty plus hour weeks. And that was just not because I had to. I just, I liked it. Um, now that I have a daughter um, and uh, just for transparency, uh, a marriage that I'm actually, I actually <laughs> like being in. Um, so I was, I was married before uh, first marriage. Um, it's different now. It's different now. I like, and again, I'm with Preston. I, I love money. Uh, so, my thing is, but what does that money do for me? Yeah. Right. It's not about like how much money I have in the bank. It's like, what does that money actually accomplish for me? Um, to me, that's, that's the real, the real motivation behind that, um, is, is like money is a superficial answer in my opinion. It's like, what, what is that going to do for you? Does, is that going to, allow you to uh, do some things with your family that you would not have been able to do, you know? Cause I, I like, I grew up super dirt poor. Um, I can count on way less than one hand, how many family vacations we took as a kid. Like we didn't take family vacations. Um, in fact, I can count on one finger how many times we actually went out to eat like at a restaurant my oh, entire wow. childhood. Um, so, that that's for me, that's kind of the motivation is like, I want to be able to, to provide the experiences for my kids that I was not able to do, you know? Um, but as far as like tact, like tactical things, um, because Travis, you're, you're motivated by money. As you mentioned before, I am too. Um, one thing for me, there's so the couple things, um, as far as tactics here, I get really burnt out when I'm doing a lot of things for a long time and I don't make a sale it could, mm. because it may, it, 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 it just like messes with my mind. And I think, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I doing what I'm doing for so long? It's not working because I haven't made a sale yet. Right. So in order to deter that, I have a mentality of one sale a day. Not saying that I do make a sale a day. That's just my efforts every single day. So what does that mean? It means I make sure before I do anything else, every single work day is I make uh, five pitches to like opportunities, people who are on my hit list, right? Like people I've prospected with or networked with or whatever. And then I also do five follow-ups. So people who I've already pitched to, but I'm just doing a follow-up, 
I do that every single day because I have this mentality of I need to make a sale, like one sale a day. Um, so that gets, that ensures that I have some sort of sales activity every single day so that I don't have like these big sales slumps. Um, because sales as a business owner is priority, right? Like that, that's super priority. Well, if you don't have sales, I say this all the time. If you don't, yeah. if you're not making money, you're not in business, right? For you sure. A great hobby. But if you're not making, if you're not making money, you're not in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you may love to do like graphic design, but yeah, again, at the end of the day, if you don't have sales, like mm-hmm. what's the point? Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing. Um, another thing that, that really changed my business was the, I think we mentioned it before on a, I think we mentioned it before on a podcast. Um, hang on one second. I'm going to pause for a second. Sorry. You have to edit that out and post. You had to, you um, had to sneeze. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I think we mentioned this on on one episode, uh, the book Traction. Have you read that book, Travis? No, I, I have not. It's by Gino Wickman. Um, Preston can link it. Yeah, we'll link it for sure. You've brought this book up a couple times, Clay. Yeah. So kind of the whole premise of this is people track their business um success i guess by revenue right how much revenue i got coming in the problem that with that is that they do that after it's done <laughs> so what i mean is like we're we're almost at the end of october i'm going to go look at october's revenue did i meet my goal no well shit like it's too late for October because it's already done. It's in the past. <laughs> Can you do anything about it about October? No, because it's already done. So what Traction talks about is having what they call scorecard. And the scorecard is just um, a list of like activities that affect things like revenue, right? So it's, it's almost, um, it's like, did you uh, did you do five sales pitches? Did you do five mm. follow-ups? Did you post on so did you on social media? Did you write that email today? It's the activity that generates the result. So you track the activities and you that gives you a pulse of your business in any given snapshot in real time. And right. then, and then the results follow. Is that what you're saying? The results like, follow. Yeah, this is kind of like uh, kind of like what we talked about with Zach last episode, which is like there are some things that you can control and you can guarantee, and there are some things you can't control. Mm-hmm. And and you have to focus on the things that you can control, both with your client work and in your own business. I love thinking about it that way. And I would I would also recommend Travis as you're talking about this like unhustle culture like like how do i <laughs> how do i find the right balance right between hustling and growing my business and and um and like being satisfied there's this book uh by paul jarvis called company of one and he talks a lot about just being satisfied with not growing just just being okay with that and not feeling guilty that your business isn't growing and particularly not growing super fast right mm-hmm. but to to figure out what's important to you and if revenue is the most important, then yeah, of course, then you hustle for the revenue. But if, if um, you know, free time, if flexibility, if fulfillment in your work, if those things are more important, then then you hustle until those things are met. And then it's okay to, to not feel like you have to be hustling all the time, right? And so I think for me, that's how you find the happy medium is you say like, why am I really doing this? 
if I'm really doing this to become a millionaire, well then, yeah, I got to hustle until my business is raking in that kind of money. If I'm really motivated to do this because I want that free time, I want extra you know, time with people I care about or I want extra time for hobbies or whatever, then you know, you hustle until you reach that, until you and you find that that good balance. And and I think you can kind of sense it. It's like, oh, I've I've probably taken too many days off, <laughs> right? Or or I've I've cut too many days short and gone to play pickleball or whatever it is. Um, and you can kind of sense when that gets out of whack. And I think the goal is to keep that lined up because you can also sense when you've been putting in too many hours at work and you're starting to feel burned out or or ignoring people who you care about. And so for me, it's all about just like that's that pendulum's gonna swing. How can you minimize the 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 intensity of that swing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to stay that's why. In those- that's why I like traction, right? Just keeping up with your yeah. activities because it's a controllable thing. Yeah, the yeah. sales will come in in waves, but it will it will come mm-hmm. in consistently. Um, but if you do all your activities that you're supposed to track, then it it should be okay. It, it should it should help with burnout. Yeah. What are you hearing over there, Travis? Yeah. I, I definitely agree, and I like the analogy of the pendulum and making sure that it's not swinging so heavily. And and Clay, with what you're saying in terms of making sure you have kind of these kind of like low low intensity tasks that you can just do regularly, and they might not seem like it's a whole whole lot on the day, but over the entire span of the month, they really do add up. And then that way, you're not just kind of burning yourself out trying to blow through mm-hmm. it all in one go, trying to catch up for missed time. Because I, I definitely notice that, like one of the, I think one of the struggles of of being um, a business owner and, and doing things on your own terms is that you are holding yourself wholly accountable. And there is times where you might not feel like you have the ability to to put in a couple more hours, so you might just take the time off. But then you're like, oh, actually. Now I need to really ramp that up the next day. So it, it's swinging way, way too heavily. So yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I think that's something that I could definitely put in place. Um, just a little bit more structure maybe, yeah. making sure that there is some sort of accountability, but not so much accountability that's unreasonable or not even yeah. achieving the goal mm-hmm. that I want. There's yeah, a- yeah, that's right. Because you don't want to you don't want to build a business or set up a situation to where you're hustling all the time and have no time for this other stuff that you care so much about, right? The whole reason you got into business for yourself in the first place. If you want to work long hours, you can go find a job where they will work you as long as you want to be worked, <laughs> right? Um, and so, yeah, I think I think for me, it's just all about that balance. Clay, did you have more? Yeah, there's another book um, I would highly recommend. It's by the guys from Basecamp. Um Oh, rework. Rework. Is that yeah. So good. And um, their other what's their other one? It's remote, on my shelf. I'm gonna look. There they have a couple of remote. Um oh, and then oh, it's not on my shelf. It's Where something it? something called like work socks or something. Like Oh yeah, work doesn't uh work doesn't have to suck or something. Something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, work doesn't have to suck. Um so I'm specifically talking about rework. Um they're a big shtick of what they talk about in the book is creating these arbitrary revenue goals. So it's like people yeah. say, oh yeah, yep. I want to have a seven figure business. Okay, where did that number come from? Is it just because other people say it or whatever? Like, or they'll say, oh yeah, I want to have, uh, you know, make $10 million a year. Okay, why? Like, where did that number come from? So their big thing is like, as long as you're growing every single year over year, like, what does it matter? It doesn't. Yeah. Yep. Like you don't have to, you don't have to set this goal, this very finite number, because if you go from 
like, so for example, my first year as a freelancer, I made, my goal was a hundred thousand dollars. I made $97,000. I was not very happy because I missed it by three grand, but first year as a freelancer, that's pretty good. And then my second year, uh, I don't remember what my exact, I don't remember what my exact revenue was, but my second year, I don't, I I don't remember what the, I think I did like 340,000 um, in revenue. I remember my third year though, because I had a, I had a goal of, okay, I'm going to make $500,000. Dude, we made, we did like $488,000. But the point here is, is that, oh, and then the fourth year I, we wanted to make a million. I think we technically made $998,000. Clay, you're such a failure. I know. Like, so my point, (laughs) my point here is, is that I miss the mark every single, every single year, quote unquote, according to these arbitrary numbers I set aside. But if you look at the reality, I grew by over what? 300% from year one to year two, almost a hundred percent from year two to year three. And a hundred percent from year three to year four, like people would freaking kill for those numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So like setting these arbitrary numbers, just, it's just, it messes with your mind and that's how burnout happens. Right. So just for context, really quick, the two books are called Rework, and it doesn't have to be crazy at work, and both highly recommended. I've read them both. They're so good. I've read Rework a couple of times. Um, Yeah, like the cover for it doesn't have to be crazy at work. It has a big red X with phrases like this behind it, 80-hour weeks, packed schedules, super busy, endless meetings, overflowing inbox, unrealistic deadlines, can't sleep. Sunday afternoon emails. It's like, no, all this stuff that we believe this hustle culture has taught us we have to do, we don't have to do that. And um, these guys are like living it. They're building their business base camp on these principles and they're doing really well, right? And so it, it's really a couple of inspiring books. Highly, highly recommend. I think that's four books we've given you now to read, Travis and listeners. But um, definitely <laughs> some, some good some ones. light reading to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else is on your mind, Travis? Anything else? Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, that, that was a good transition because uh, I, I think on the, the topic of, of growth and, and scaling and things like that, I know I know you guys talk about scaling quite a lot. I've listened to a few of the previous episodes about, about uh, when folks had questions about scaling. I yeah. think mine might be a little bit more nuanced when it comes to scaling, but it's, it's really understanding um, maybe signals of when you could be able to scale. So like, for example, when, when would you know that you are able to hire like a subcontractor? Is there like a certain financial benchmark? Um, (laughs) Should, should you like, should you grow incredibly slow if that's the only way you can grow and plan Hmm. and set expectations to do so? So like, say if I only had 10 hours of work a month to give to a subcontractor, is that beneficial just because I am at least growing at some pace? Hmm. This is so funny because we just talked to Zach about this uh, <laughs> for listeners last hmm. week for us an hour ago. <laughs> we were talking to Zach about this and um, and yeah, he had the same question. He's like, what comes first? Do I get the big clients to fund hiring people or do I hire people to offload my workload so that I can then find the big clients, right? And so very, exactly. very similar question. Um, what we told Zach and, and maybe we'll, I mean, we'll tailor the question a little bit knowing your situation, but but in in my mind, to answer your question about like, well, should I just do 10 hours a week just because I can? Yes, I think so. Because what you're doing is everything has an opportunity cost, right? And so those 10 hours, yes, you could do the work 
or you could pay someone to do the work and then you could go out and find two more clients in those 10 hours or whatever, you know, whatever it equates to in your business. And so every every time you take on work, whether it's administrative work or deliverable work, a billable work, whatever you want to call it, um, everything you say yes to is an opportunity cost in your business, right? Where you're doing 99% of all the things in your business or maybe 100% at this point, everything is an opportunity cost. And so... So my opinion is, yes, if you can afford to hire someone even for, for 10 hours a week or 10 hours a month, if it's something that would free up time for you to make more money or grow the business in other ways, to achieve, again, coming back to this idea of like, it's not all about money, right? Money's not the end all be all. But if it would help you achieve the goals that you want to in your business, whatever those are, then yes, 100%, it's worth that investment. Mic drop. I guess. Clay, do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, one second. <laughs> Something crazy is happening, <laughs> Clay's. I don't know. Does that resonate with you, Travis? What do you it's, What do you think? The, the next storm. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I I definitely agree. Like, I, it's I think when like even the the concept of growth, like for me and speaking personally, and I'm sure other people would probably uh, feel the same way as someone still relatively new like i'm only in this for five months like the idea of growth and bringing on someone else is like i'm just trying to <laughs> to keep myself afloat and yeah. know, pay my bills but i think there's got to be some sort of um mentality shift in terms of understanding that kind of opportunity um the, the available opportunity uh where i could put in some more time or give someone else the time to do it and create like kind of exponential opportunity. Right. Um, I think it's still wrapping my head around that because I'm just so like process and operation driven that I've not considered what that might look like. And maybe there's gotta be some sort of understanding on my end, even from a financial perspective of like what that, what that looks like. Yeah. And and we talked Mm -hmm. about this with Zach too, which is um, the nice thing is if you start with contractors or subcontractors, you, you can always ease off, right? If you pay someone, a couple thousand bucks this month and you're like, whoa, that was not worth that investment. Then next month you say, hey, sorry, we got to push pause on this for a minute or whatever. Like as opposed to hiring an employee, which it's like I'm hiring you for, you know, $60,000 a year and we're, we're obligated to each other and it's, it's this whole big deal. You can just hire, hire freelancers to help where it actually makes an impact in your business. And then you can be very selective about like, okay, I think if I spend $1,000 here or $500 there, you know, that's gonna actually free up my time or generate more revenue or whatever and help me achieve the goals that I have in my business. Okay, so I have some thoughts. Yes, go. Finally. <laughs> Sorry, I had a distraction. <laughs> I had a distraction over here. Okay, so I'm gonna say something I don't think I've ever said on a podcast. Um, I, I think slow, healthy growth is priority first. So here's what I mean by that. Uh, I agree. I think, I think people get so caught up in, Oh, when can I, when can I hire somebody so I can take on more clients? Um, I think the mentality needs to change first. I think the mentality needs to be if I, so, so Travis, if, if you had the mentality of, I'm only going to get 100 clients, right? Not not 100 uh, active clients. I mean, like you only can take on 100 clients, whether they leave you or not. 
just 100. So as soon as the 100th person purchases this from you, that's, that's where you can no longer take clients. How would your service and your work change, right? So people would be like, oh, well, I'm going to make sure my service is top notch, right? Because I need to make sure that I can keep all 100 of those clients. That to me, that's the mentality that needs to happen first is act like you, you are only able to take on 100 clients total. Um, and, and then refine that process, get your work, your quality up super, super top notch. And then at that point you can look at hiring somebody. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's, that's a really good point because I think like, it's funny you mentioned that because one of my next questions was like, how, how do, how would I prepare like my, my clients for onboarding another like contractor or something like that Mm -hmm. and potentially sacrifice quality? Um, because like my, that is something that I am, I, I I hold myself to a very high standard and I make sure that what I deliver is like me 100 percent mm-hmm. and there is like no sacrificing that. and if i'm if i'm trying to rush to get someone in the door just for the sake of growth and i'm potentially sacrificing that quality i've completely lost yep. the plot then i wish somebody yeah. had told me this when i first started my agency because we grew super super fast i mean super fast but our our quality sacrificed it, it, it was we fixed it but i wish we had not grown as fast as we did uh i've yeah, yeah i've had the same experience where you hire because it does free up your time but you don't but but then you you maybe haven't hired well enough or or you haven't taught well enough to where your quality stays where it needs to be mm-hmm. so then you have to kind of go backwards and either let people go find new people or you have to retrain which is hard and so yeah it, it becomes really complicated i'm with clay i i'm i'm a very slow growth kind of guy i mean I've been doing my business either on the side or full time since 2008, and we have f- four people, depending on the time of year, four to six people on the team. I mean, we are not a big company, and I, I'm sort of intentional about that, right? I don't, I don't want to spend most of my working hours managing a team of 50 people, so that's part of it. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I prefer to grow. It's so funny these tech startups. They'll, they'll talk about growth in terms of how many people they've hired, right? And it's like, well, no. What if you hired fewer people and made more money? That's a real winning business in my mind. Is how how yep. can you you know we've increased revenue every year, um, at least since I took it full time, and we have not increased personnel. That, right, and so something's that's really scaling. There. Yep, that's scaling. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that, that's, yeah. that's that really interesting. Counts? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's from coming from my perspective I, I like when you hear the terms like growth and scaling you automatically think that the the like the dollar amount should be proportional to the the personnel amount mm, right yeah when that's not always the case it, it, i think it's like you're saying being able to do it in a way that's smart and actually works for you but also meets your values like that that yeah. is also scaling too i mean obviously the benefit is more financial growth too but if if it doesn't um, meet up with with everything else, then what's the point? Yeah, yeah. I think it seems like everything we're talking about today comes full circle to that idea of like, what do you really care about? What's really important in your business? Mm-hmm. Money, of course, is important in any business, right? But but besides money, what else do you care about, right? What what kind of business do you want to be running? Do you want to be managing a, a team of 
10 or 20 or 30 or 50 or 100 people? Or do you want to be managing a team of two or three people? Or do you just want to work for yourself? Like it, it just depends so much. Again, coming back to Clay's answer, it depends, right? And, and that's hard, but um, but it just depends on what you really want out of your business. And I think, you know, getting the clarity on what you really want out of working for yourself is a really big deal. And some people skip that step and they let other people decide what what success looks like in their business and when you let other people do that then you you succumb to this hustle culture or this way too laid back culture or or whatever it might be um and that can be really dangerous and so i think yeah i think you're, you're in the perfect place in the age of your business to now say like and, and it sounds like you already have an idea travis of what of what your vision is for your life and your business but you can get so much clarity on that and i think that'll just drive the decisions you make as you move forward yeah, absolutely, and and I think coming back to the just even the whole idea of the podcast of like where you are in freelance to founder, like I I've very clearly made the decision that I want to grow my business, but how yeah. that that looks, I think that's something I never even really considered beforehand. It's just like you either have one or you have the other. Um, so yeah, getting into yeah. the nuance, yeah, very important. Yeah. Well, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you, catching up with you, hearing about your business. You've had some really unique questions today. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Travis. Will you remind people one more time where they can find you if they want to work with you or uh, or network with you or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. So my business is Travis Boyko Creative. You can find me at travisboyko.com. Or if you want to shoot me an email, it's just travis at travisboyko.com. Perfect. And if uh, if anyone is still listening an hour later into this conversation, if you're having as much fun as we have, I, I have said uh, a few times, Travis's website, his portfolio site, his website is exactly what you should be doing as a freelancer to actually convert site visitors into paying clients. He's just done, not only is he a talented designer, which is of course important, but he's thinking the right way about calls to action about how to reach out about showcasing work about talking about himself about talking about his clients he's just doing it all really really well so have a look at his website we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes as well but travisboyco.com travis thanks again man for coming back on the show it's been a real pleasure and uh clay mosley from get dripify i've been preston from milo.co and we will all talk to you later see ya see ya Thanks for listening to this episode of Freelance to Founder, a collaboration between Milo, Dripify, and the Poglomerate. You can find links to my business, Milo, Clay's business, Dripify, and of course, our podcasting partner, the Podglomerate, all in the description of this episode. Remember to call in for your own episode at FreelanceToFounder.com. A very special thank you to the members of the Milo and Podglomerate teams who work behind the scenes to make this production possible. To stream past episodes, visit FreelanceToFounder.com or search Freelance to Founder wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for now. Until next time, see ya. We will see you guys on the next episode of Freelance to Founder. Freelance to Founder.